health care is broken, and the healthcare industry is not going to fix itself. Reconstructing Healthcare is a podcast series where we interview the rebel entrepreneurs working tirelessly to disrupt the health insurance marketplace. Join us as we break down everything that's wrong with the current healthcare system and provide you with a blueprint to create better results. Now, here's your host, Michael Maneri. Hello, this is Michael Maneri, and I want to welcome everyone to the Reconstructing Healthcare podcast. Today, our guest is Harris Rosen, owner of Rosen Hotels, and Ashley Buckett, president of Provinsure. Harris and Ashley, welcome. Great to have you on the show. Thanks for having us. Good to be uh, here. Just want to let you know that it's Ashley Bacot. Ashley Bacot. Well, I've butchered a lot of names and, um, you know, <laughs> Ashley, yours would not be the first. <laughs> it happens all the time. No worries, Michael. All right. All right. Well, here's the game plan, gentlemen. Uh, what we seek to do here on this show is challenge the status quo and educate our audience on non-traditional methods to either lower their health care costs or improve value for their employees. Sound like something you want to help with? Sure. Absolutely. So to get us started, I'm going to read a brief bio about uh, you both. So our audience has a little bit of context about who they're listening to, and then we'll jump into it. All right. So Harris Rosen is a successful entrepreneur and president and CEO of Rosen Hotels and Resorts. Rosen Hotels and Resorts owns several subsidiaries, including Provinsure, an insurance agency and risk management consulting company that was founded in 1995. Rosen Hotels and Resorts has been nationally recognized for its innovative, trend-setting associate wellness and preventive care programs, as well as low-cost insurance and on-site full-service medical facilities. And Ashley... Ashley is president and provincure and risk manager for Rosen Hotels and Resorts. Ashley has played an integral role in helping Rosen Hotels and Resorts develop a cutting edge self-insured healthcare model that has reduced the company's healthcare costs to a mere fraction of its competitors, while at the same time providing benefits that are far superior. Ashley has been instrumental in attracting national attention to this model with visits from the chairman of the Congressional Subcommittee on Health, Katie Couric on CBS News, Fox and Friends, and CNN to mention a few. This very model has saved Rosen Hotels and Resorts $315 million since inception. So that, right, that is a, excuse me, that, that's an old bio. So the new okay. number, the new, exciting, right? The new number is uh, $450 million, so almost a half a billion with a B. I love it. You know, as that number continues to grow, you know, hopefully it, it garners uh, more attention. So- you know, you, you both are, are are not the typical guests that we have on the show. You know, oftentimes we're interviewing vendors in the marketplace who are trying to bring innovation to employers. As a hotel owner and operator, you know, you've taken a keen interest in managing, you know, healthcare costs for your company. So, so tell us a little bit of background about, you know, your business and why, you know, over 20 years ago, this became a big issue for you and you decided to do something about it. Well, it's, it's a long story. We purchased our first property here in Orlando on June 24, 1974. So we're now 47 years old. We bought a tiny little motel. Cash down payment was all the money I had in the world, $20,000. And the reason we were able to purchase it for $20,000 and we assumed a mortgage of a little over $2 million was because there was an oil embargo. And hotels in Orlando, and I assume elsewhere, were suffering terribly. Mm -hmm. People couldn't buy gas. They couldn't travel. The only folks who bought gas 
and continue to travel were the motor coach companies. Gas station owners cherished their business during good times and took care of them during these difficult times. So I made it a point to visit all of the major motor coach operators in the Northeast, New York, New Jersey, and Massachusetts. I hitchhiked because I didn't have the resources to fly. I arrived in New York City and met with Liberty Go-Go, Fred Kasner, and he was so incredibly kind. I told him what I had done. He was very impressed. I said, Fred, we want all of your business. And he said, well, what, what is your rate? I said, here's my little business card. You write the rate that you want on the <laughs> card. I will honor it for two years, and I did. And so we met with several other large tour operators in New York, and then I got a ride by bus. Castle Tours took me to uh, Del Domenico Tours in New Jersey. I met Vince Domenico, yep. shared my story with him. He asked me the same question, asked him to put the numbers on the card. He did. And I said, uh, thank you so much, Vince. I'll send you a letter confirming that for the next two years. He said, where are you headed next? I said, Massachusetts. I was going to hitchhike over there. He said, no, I have buses going there. We'll take you there. I love it. He drove me to Paragon Tours, the Pendler family, and uh, had a wonderful conversation with the Pendler brothers. They fell in love with my concept of letting them select their own rate <laughs> for two years. And so when I left, I left Paragon and I met with Crimson and it was a very, very successful trip. And so I went back to the Pendlers and wanted to say goodbye. And they said, how are you getting back to Orlando? I said, my thumb. They said, no, 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 no. We will find someone who's going to Florida and they'll drop you off at Orlando. I said, you don't have to. They said, we want to. They found a couple that was headed back to Miami. They were going to drive right through Orlando, and they agreed to take me there. They did. So grateful was I that they were my guests every winter for several weeks to a month until they passed away. So that was the beginning of Rosen Hotels and Resorts. The buses started to stream in. No one was as busy as we were. We were so busy that we were attracting lenders who had foreclosed on other hotels. And what, how is Rosen doing it? I shared with them my little story and they said, we have a motel that's bankrupt. Would you like to buy it? I said, one is enough. They said, well, we'll sit down and talk and see if we can work something out. I said, no harm in talking. The result was I purchased my second hotel exactly a year later, June 24th, 1975. A little 250 room property right down the street called Salage. Mm -hmm. I renamed it the International Inn. In two years, I went from looking for a job, donning to little hotels. And Michael, that was the beginning. Yep. 47 years later, we have seven hotels, close to 7,000 rooms and not a penny of debt. And let me share that thought with you, not a penny of debt, because that is what saved us during the recent pandemic, no yep. debt. That's right. My two granddads came from Eastern Europe, one from Belarus, one from Austria-Hungary. 
They lost everything during the Depression. They sat down with me one night and they said, Boyce, we want to talk to you about your career. I was only 10. They said, you're going to be a very successful businessman. I said, why? They said, because you have something special in your genes. You're destined to become a good businessman, but never, ever, ever borrow any money like your two granddaddies did. I said, okay. I went to bed, mom tucked me in and my brother in, and she said, Harris, why aren't you wearing your pajamas? Why are you wearing your jeans? I said, oh, because my two granddaddies said I had something special in my jeans. <laughs> I said, no, 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 no. Explain it to you later. But they also said I can't borrow money. That's good advice. I remember that through high, through high school and college, through three and a half years overseas with Uncle Sam, then starting my career, winding up with Disney, leaving Disney involuntarily, and then starting my own little company. Of it. course, in the beginning, I had no choice. But yep. about 15 years ago, I said, no more. We will pay off all of our debt. And we did. Yeah. And thank God that we did. We were able to survive the pandemic. And now, slowly but surely, things are getting back to normal. And we're so grateful for that. So that's the Rosen story. It is an interesting story. And my daughter and I are writing a book. We call it Only in America. The Harris Rosen story. I love it. Well, it, it to me that that is the story of entrepreneurial courage and success. And I think the courage part is important because we've got a a healthcare crisis in this country. Yes. And you know, Dave Chase talks about this all the time: is how you know healthcare is is robbing us of you know yes. the the prosperity that could be in yes. a lot of ways. And, you know, I don't want to be critical of employers because I, I think in a lot of ways, when you, when you get punched in the face over and over and over, like a boxer, after a while, you just get, the boxer just gets used to being hit. And in a lot of ways, you know, employers have just gotten used to, you know, getting hit year over year. And I think they, they forget that you can actually do something. And I think your story is unique because you guys had the courage to, to try an alternate path. And so, you know, I'd, I'd love to just hear, you know, whether it's you or Ashley, a little bit about the moment when you said, we're not going to, we're not going to continue on the status quo and we're going to try to do something different to control our own destiny when it comes to healthcare costs. So Michael and Ashley, you don't mind if I have the baton for a while. Longer. No, no, please, so, please. So Michael, 1974, we buy our first little motel. 75, we buy the second. Slowly but surely, we're growing a little bit. And we were handling our life insurance and our health care pretty much the same as everyone else. I wasn't really happy with our annual payments. And so I said, let's try whatever we can to keep our folks healthier. And we did. We worked with them. We made sure they were active. We convinced them as best we could not to smoke or excessive drinking or illegal drugs. And it seemed to work because the next year our cost declined dramatically. And my hope and my prayer was that that would be reflected in the premiums that we were paying in the new year. Much to my dismay, our cost went up. 
I tried to call the headquarters in New Jersey to no avail. I finally found the regional office in Atlanta that at least accepted my call. I shared my sentiments with the individual and I said, how could my costs go up if the expenses I incurred went way down because of things that we were doing to keep our folks healthy? Mm -hmm. And he said, oh, that's irrelevant. I said, it's irrelevant? Why? Well, because the group you were in had a terrible year. I said, what group? He said, oh, we put everybody in with a group. I said, I don't want to be in a group. Take me out of the group. He said, no, we, we can't do that. What do you mean you can't? No, that's not our policy. Everyone is together in a group. I said, no more. He said, yes, I'm gone. He said, goodbye. Hung up the phone and I said, now what, Rosen? Now what? You've got to provide health care for all of your associates. How are you going to do it? At that time, our accounting office was outgrowing the little office it had, a little freestanding facility. We were thinking about converting into a little daycare to take care of some of our associates' children. But we could only accommodate about 10 or 12 children out of about 700 employees. So I said, why don't we create a little medical facility, a little clinic to provide primary care for all of our associates. I asked myself the question, who will be there? I said, I'll find a doctor. I had friends in the medical profession. I called one of my friends, a lady doctor, and I said, Barbara, I need help. She said, what do you want? I said, I need a doctor. I said, to take care of who? All of my associates. And I've got a beautiful little office. Said, let me stop by. She stopped by and fell in love with a concept and with a little office. I said, how many people do you need? Said, me, an admin, and a nurse practitioner, and some equipment. We could all we could buy that all secondhand. Yeah. I said, God bless you. We're in business. Well, not quite. What about a relationship with a hospital and specialists? She said, I'll give you the names. You go around, meet with them negotiate the very best deal you can. They're not used to negotiating, so you'll do very well. And that's what I did. I went around, negotiated with all the specialists, got the best deal I thought I could, negotiated with a hospital on a, actually on that capitation deal, I guess, yes. where we would have a certain cost. If we exceeded it, we would pay the difference. If we were less, we would get 50% of the savings. It was beautiful. Yeah. I said, my God. We have it. We did it. The first year was absolutely amazing. Our cost declined from about $1,100 for covered life to about $750. Our story leaked out. Trend Magazine is a magazine here in Florida. They put me on the cover and they called it Rosen Care. And that was the beginning. Now, we did have, I'm not going to name them, a very large company here in Central Florida, come by and visit us. They fell in love with our concept. They went to see the boss out of state, and he said, are you guys crazy? You want us to get involved in healthcare? Do you know how many malpractice lawsuits? <laughs> of course, they have a union, and not yes. the kind of relationship we have with our associates. And so they never did anything. We have saved about $450 million since we started the program. And 
this organization that turned us down would have saved about six or seven million dollars. Foolish, yes. foolish, foolish. And yeah, so I, I was about to say, I, I, I think I'm trying to think of who that organization no, 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 might, don't, might don't, be. Don't, don't, don't think, don't think you get me into trouble. And so <laughs> that was that was the beginning. And since then, we've grown mm-hmm. from about 1500 rooms back then to 7000 rooms. Uh, we have no debt on our properties. And we are, I guess, considered one of the largest hotel owners in the state of Florida now, independent yep. hotel owners. And so that's our little story. That's how we started healthcare. We now, of course, have a much larger facility that we constructed ourselves. And Ashley can give you all the details of how many people we have working there, all of the doctors, all of those practitioners, the relationship we have with uh, the hospitals and all of the specialists. But we have come a long way in a relatively short period of time. Ashley, is it 20 years that we've been doing this? 30. 30 years. In October. In October. Sorry. I love the the story and I appreciate, you know, the, the detail that you went into kind of sharing with our audience the the beginnings. And I think, look, today, maybe more than ever, I think there there is a, a grassroots movement across the country of brokers, consultants, and employers who are ready to learn and and experiment with, with uh, you know, some of the tactics that you guys have done. And so in that spirit, I'd love to, you know, talk about about some of these things that you guys have done that has proven to be successful. And I want to start with primary care, because if you look at, you know, where all the money is distributed, right? All the money goes into the hospitals and, and to specialists. And really, you know, we see primary care as an area where physicians are underpaid, under-resourced. And, you know, given that situation, a lot of people are not getting good primary care in this country. And that can lead to significant downstream costs. So tell us a little bit more about what you've done to increase access to quality primary care for your employees. Because I know you guys have done a a number of different things, not only from the clinic, but from a benefit design standpoint. So if you wouldn't mind. Let me, this moment, if it's okay, Michael, pass the baton to Ashley. So, so Michael, what we have now, when you take a snapshot of what we have now compared to what it was when those three those three employees worked there thirty started there thirty years ago, is is different. We have evolved. We've learned along the way. We were lucky to have, uh, you know, have Mr. Rosen's you know vision, and we we started with hiring an independent third-party administrator, a small, flexible, independent third-party administrator that's agnostic to things that we want to bolt on to the program. Yeah. We, we started with uh, direct contracting. We started with transitioning over to being self-insured. And those are the key components to what people need to do today. We just, we we didn't know exactly what we were doing. We kind of stumbled into it and we got lucky and made some really good decisions early on. What we learned over the years is the more barriers, I'm getting to access, the more barriers we removed from the program, the more access, the better quality, the better service, the lower cost came with it. And so, you know, we would, you know, have our housekeepers early on that would say, oh, my gosh, you know, I, 
you know, I, 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 I can't get down there today. You know, I've got to, you know, I've got to, I've got to be on the clock and you know, I don't want to lose any time. And, and Mr. Rosen said, okay, we'll, we'll just, everybody will be on the clock from now on. And, and he just made that decision because it intuitively made good sense. And so that kind of started the theme of removing these barriers. And when insurance companies would say, you know, fully insured insurance companies would, would tell us previous to our change, oh, you can reduce your costs if you increase your deductibles. We said, wow, that doesn't sound like it makes much sense because if we increase our costs, these people are not going to get their primary care and bad things are going to happen. And so <laughs> um, we, we pretty much, <laughs> anything that insurance companies did, we pretty much acted the opposite. Amen. And God bless you for that. Because if you look at what the industry has done over the last 10 to 20 years, this move to high deductible health plans with health savings accounts I think it's awful. Yeah. I mean, that's a pure cost shift to individuals and that that's a barrier to getting basic care. Absolutely. Absolutely. So so again, after after removing barriers, you know, and other barriers were, oh, I've got to go, you know, you know, uh, you know, I got I got to take a bus across town to get my physical therapy. We brought in our physical therapist in house. You know, when, when folks would say, oh, I wish we had a podiatrist here because, you know, you know, I, I'm on my feet all day. I've been in the hospitality, you know, world all my life and we're on our feet all day long. And we went, oh, you know, yes. So, yes. so we didn't we didn't necessarily come up with the, all the ideas. We just we have a propensity to listen to our uh, associates when they say there's a barrier, we remove it if we if we can, Michael. So our our costs are about half of the uh, of what our identical demographic would have in the traditional healthcare you know setting, and our um, benefits are much richer. We don't have any deductibles. We don't have any coinsurance. Ninety percent of our drugs are are, are free. Because there's such a good relationship between the primary care uh, provider and the patients, patients are more willing to comply with doctors' orders. Now, listen, I'm not saying that we're out of the woods on that. It's it's tough. We work every day to get you know folks to uh, to to comply with with doctors' orders. But but having that, that relationship. You know, that was the, the, a relationship that was much different than the relationship that Mr. Rosen was talking earlier about the other large company. Yeah. We have a very tight relationship with our associates. That has caused our compliance rates to be two to three times the national average as it relates to hypertension, diabetes, cholesterol, and, you know, all of the, all of the big, you know, chronic conditions. And I would also guess, too, as a result of, of having the on-site clinic and having easy access for those employees in a traditional model where somebody has to take off time work to go to see the doctor. I mean, maybe that person that has a chronic condition seeing the primary care physician once or twice a year. I mean, in your model, how often are those with chronic conditions seeing the nurse practitioner and the clinician in any given year? 
they are seeing them certainly as much as we recommend. And, and sometimes folks, just because they're so concerned about their health, they want to see us you know, more often than, than that. And we do not deny that access, obviously. But um, listen, that's part of it. Not only do our doctors see the patient more than the traditional doc would see the patient, but we spend a lot of quality time. And so, right. you know, a lot of people, they, they have that 15 minute appointment, but they only talk to the doctor for, you know, seven minutes. Um, you know, it's not uncommon for us to have 30, 45 minute appointments. We try to live by something that I learned with Uncle Sam, K-I-S-S, keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> and P-P-P-P-P-P. Prior planning prevents piss poor performance. Oh, I like and, and, that one. And, and, and so it's, it's not really complicated. This is going to sound overly simplistic, but if you keep people, your associates, healthy, you will reduce your healthcare costs. If you keep people healthy, you reduce healthcare costs. So the key to our success. And there are a number of keys. Yeah. Is prevention, 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 prevention. Yep. So annual physicals are a priority. I must confess that we do on occasion do a little test for nicotine or illegal drugs or alcohol. I can't tell you how many hugs I have received from our associates who smoke packs a day. And they said, Mr. Rosen, can I hug you? I said, sure. I'm not smoking anymore because I didn't want to lose my job. We make things so simple. If you have a prescription, go to Walmart, show your Rosen card, pick it up. 90% of the time, it is free. Can, can we talk about that for a second? I think that's extraordinary. I mean, especially, Ashley, you're talking about compliance and trying to encourage compliance. Yes, of course. There. Isn't, that, isn't that something wonderful? So. Many, many individuals who are prescribed a drug don't buy it, not because they, want, they don't want to get healthy, but because they can't afford it. Right. In our situation, we take care of it. Don't worry about it. Also, if you're admitted to a hospital, you know what the charge is? $750 maximum for the first day. $750 maximum for the second day. After that, no charge. And, and, and excuse me, so it's, it's stay. It, it, it sounded maybe like day, but it's the first stay. So if you stay a month, $750. The next time you go in, if you stay a month, $750. Yeah. And, you know, and, and look, that's, that's extraordinary relative to the, the standard offering that's out there. And, and so, Michael, when you, when, you, when you do that and you would demonstrate to your associates how much you love them, how desperately you want them to be healthy. They begin leading much healthier lives. It's amazing when you talk to our associates and they talk about staying healthy. Why? Better to be healthy than not. And so that is kind of a philosophy that we've had from the outset that continues to this day. Our associates want to be healthy. If they're overweight, we have a myriad of opportunities for them to lose weight. If they smoke at our cost, we'll present them with a multitude of options 
to stop smoking. We work with them. And by doing so, not only do they benefit, but we benefit also. Yeah. To save for a relatively small company, $450 million since we started the program is really quite extraordinary. And others can do the same. There is a great fear and apprehension about healthcare. I understand that. It's not easy. It's complicated. Specialists, hospitals, they could drive you crazy, especially hospitals. Yes. This fee for service has got to stop hospitals walking in, discovering that you need an appendectomy and not knowing what the bill will be until you check out is absurd. Hospitals must learn that competition is part of our society. Everyone competes. They have to compete with each other by posting all of their costs and the outcomes on a website that all hospitals will have access to. Hospital A, appendectomy, $1,100. Hospital B, appendectomy, $900. Outcome, 99%, 99%. Who do I select? That's what it's all about. And hospitals yeah. are but where I, most but I think of the damage is done. Exactly. That is that is 100% true. But I don't think a lot of hospitals are interested in competition or transparency. And so it cannot be their choice. Thank it you. It has to be a law. And it is a law that they have to post. But the way that they post would be, I mean, you got to be a rocket scientist to um, interpret. And also the, what the, the fine is about $300 a day, which is absurd. No, that is a tiny, tiny, tiny baby step in the right direction. Yes. Now, the government must get tough and say enough is enough is enough. Harris, is it the government that needs to get tough or employers that need to get tough? Well, what 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 choice does an employer have if, well, if, they, they, if they if they if they piss off a hospital? Now what? It's the government that has to do it. The government has to say in the United States of America, hospitals cannot continue to behave this way. They must do. Whatever. If you walk into Walmart and you buy a bunch of stuff, every time you purchase something, you know exactly what it's going to cost. Yeah. In your mind, you total it up and you know, I've just spent 45 bucks. You don't pick up all of this stuff and then leave and then it says it's $900. That has to come to a screeching halt. And, and Michael, we have been waiting on the government to do stuff. And Mr. Rosen's right. It is it is a baby step in, in the right direction. But but, um, you know, until the government steps in and does something, employers have to, uh, in our opinion, unite, do things differently, push the envelope, because I think it's going to be that that groundswell that is going to uh, force uh, the bad players in the health ecosystem to do what needs to be done. Yeah. Look, I, I think, you know, you, you guys have taken you know a lot of steps to control your destiny. And, and I think more employers are waking up that they have options, but when it comes to forcing competition, you know, I think what you guys have done, you know, with the copay model is great because you've gotten rid of the deductible and the co-insurance, you know, there are now, you know, vendors in the marketplace that are trying to illustrate 
you know, price transparency with a copay model where they will assign lower copays to lower cost providers as a way to make things more transparent to, you know, the consumer. So that's just one example of many, I think, employers sort of taking control to provide the transparency that we should be getting that maybe we, we aren't today. And, and Michael, that's, you know, something that, we, you know, the Rosen plan is a little bit different. It is, if, if you work at Rosen, it's mandatory to get your primary care if you're 15 years of age or older at our facility. Uh, pediatrics, 14 and under, have a broad array of, of, of pediatric specialists they can go to. Um, as it relates to some of our other accounts, we have a we have a, a, a about a 10,000 life uh, group, and what we do there is what I think you're referring to is steering the employee in the direction of uh, first high quality. Yes. And then ironically, with the high quality uh, comes lower cost many times. And so if that healthcare member pulls the right levers, um, you know, they hardly have any out-of-pocket costs. Now, listen, if they want to do it the old way, for example, they want to have knee surgery, they talk to all their buddies and go, hey, you know, where'd Johnny have his knee surgery? Oh, yeah, Dr. Smith, you got to go to Dr. Smith. Dr. Smith's the greatest person. You know, I play golf with him. He's wonderful. That's not the best way to shop for, you know, health care. We put steerage into our healthcare plans that direct them to folks who are doing the right thing. Yeah, no, I think that's that's great, and I think that's what what more you know employers need need to be doing. Now, we we've talked a lot about the savings that your your program has achieved over you know a long period of time. That's only part of the story, isn't it? I mean, what what have you guys what have you guys done with those savings? Yeah. So, Mr. Rosen, you want to mention uh, some some, sure. some of those initiatives? That's a lot of money to save for a little company, almost five hundred million dollars. What I did about 25, 26 years ago, I created a philanthropic organization. I was sitting at my desk and we were planning our fifth, sixth, and seventh properties. Suddenly it occurred to me how I'd been blessed, that it was time for me to offer a helping hand to those in need. Education was always something that my parents emphasized with me and my brother. They said, education will get you out of this neighborhood. Grew up on the Lower East Side of New York City, between the East River, Little Italy, Chinatown, and the Bowery. Not exactly a gated community. And mom and dad wanted my brother and myself to do better. And here I was doing much better, better than I ever dreamed. And so I called in a couple of friends, principal of one of the large high schools here at Bill Spoon, a early childhood expert, Sarah Sprinkle. I said, guys, I want to do something. It has to do with education and children. Within about an hour, we put together a program that has met with tremendous success. Free preschool for all of the kids, two, three, and four, in an underserved community. Work with the children. Make sure the teachers are motivated. Watch over them. Help them. Help their parents so they can do homework with them. Mm -hmm. So we have preschool, kindergarten, elementary school, middle school, high school, children that want to go to college, they don't owe a penny when they leave. We pay everything. 
Community college, we pay everything. Trade school, we pay everything. Tangela Park was the first little community we adopted. I High school it. graduation rates back then were about 45%. Today, 100%. Crime was horrible. Today, crime is down 80% in the neighborhood. The sheriff bumped into me several years ago. He said, Harris, can I talk a little bit about Tangela Park? And I said, yes, sir. I didn't know what he was going to say. He said, when we started, it was such a mess. You came in. And now we refer to Tangela Park as a quiet oasis. Home values have soared from $30,000 a home to about 175000 Crime is no longer a major problem. College graduation rates in four years, 78%. Amazing. We adopted another community about six or seven years ago called Paramore. And recently, a third party has adopted Eatonville, the oldest African-American community in Central Florida. And a group from Fort Wayne, Indiana came in to visit us. And they're thinking about adopting Tangela Park program for an underserved community in Fort Wayne. The name of the company here in Orlando that adopted Eatonville is called Travel and Leisure. It took courage to do what they did. We helped them in every conceivable way, but didn't have the resources because of the last 15 months, which were sure. horrible. Sure. And so they are underwriting the preschool and all of the college costs. And so that's my way of saying thank you, God. Thank you for giving me an opportunity. And I'm trying to say thank you by helping those that need a helping hand. My dream has been for the last 30 years that others in their own city, state, will find underserved communities and create a tangible park program. If every underserved community in America had a tangible park program, we would not recognize this wonderful country. Yeah. And so, Michael, that's my dream. All of it made possible because of the success we've had in our little company. Well, what a great story. And, you know, the, the words that keep coming to my mind as I hear you tell it is, you know, courage, you know, courage to start your entrepreneurial path and courage to do something different, to invest in your community with no, no guarantee of success and probably, you know, a lot of chance for failure. You know, it's, it's a pleasure to have you on this show and have my listeners be able to hear your story because the way, the way that we get better as a country, as organizations is we have to, we have to be inspired by others and then we have to take action on our own. And so, you know, I, I love, you know, hearing about what you've done, you know, we're, we're coming close to the end of our, our hour here. I, I don't want to miss out on the opportunity to ask about one thing. And it's one thing to talk about costs and managing costs and then savings and what you can do with them. You're in the hospitality industry, which is known for very, very high levels of turnover. All right. And there are plenty of other industries that have a lot of turnover. There's also other industries that are competing for talent. So what I'd like to know is 
all of these initiatives that you've done to take care of your people, to provide them with free health care, to invest in the community, what has that done for your ability to recruit and retain people? And how has that impacted the business from a customer service standpoint? Listen, what, what I will say will probably sound a bit prejudicial. You know, we've been around for 47 years. Turnover in hospitality and restaurants, pretty dramatic. Before the pandemic, probably 50% to 75% annually. Frozen has been in the low single digits for many, 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 many years. We're so proud of that. But that is an example of how people respond when you demonstrate how much you care for them. And when you do things for them that demonstrate your concern for them. Not only do we have moms, grandmoms, moms, and children working for us, it's amazing how many families work for us. And we love it. And we take good care of them. And what do they do in return, Michael? They take, they take care of your guests. They take wonderful, wonderful care of our guests. And our guests will write me or call me and say, you've got the most amazing people working. I said, yes, they love what they do. And I think they really genuinely love the company. It ain't magic. It's not complicated. But for some reason, others seem to find it difficult to do what we've done. Well, I think there there are lessons to be learned here. And, you know, as we as the economy shifts into more of a human capital, you know, structure, I continue to to believe that employers need to follow your lead and really think about, you know, how do you take care of your people? And if you take care of your people, you know, it's inevitably going to have, you know, a positive outcome or impact on, you know, the, the financial results of your business. The thing, Michael, that, that I think it stands in the way and actually keep me, keep me honest about this is that healthcare is scary. I mean, if you're focused laser-like on operating a company, your concern, of course, is yes. making sure that you have a positive cash flow at the end of the month. Healthcare is something that is there, but it doesn't consume as much of your attention as perhaps it should. Actually, does that make sense? It, it, it really does. It's, you know, it's, it's our second or third largest, you know, line item expense. And I think uh, most employers don't understand they're, they're really in the healthcare business in addition to the core business that they're in. Yes, indeed. Well, gentlemen, I've, I've loved this, this conversation. If, if, if there was one question that I should have asked you uh, that I didn't in this interview, what would it be? Actually, you first. <laughs> well, I, I, I think I just have a, a, a comment to make, and, and, and that is when we did this 30 years ago, we did it as a result of Mr. Rosen telling the insurance company, 
we're out of here. See you later. And then going, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do now? Um, that that is scary. OK, we were scared at that time. Um, but but now now with all of the resources that employers have from people like you, Michael, people like us and, and others out there, they they don't have to go it alone alone. You know, there's there's a template. Uh, so I would just say employers, if you want to if you want to get out of the mess you're in, this unsustainable mess that you're in, just, you know, Take a step, just do it, and you don't have to jump all in 100%, but do something a little bit different than you were doing last year with the ultimate goal in mind of, of doing more and more steps each year until yes. you are maybe doing something similar to what we're doing. But, but yeah. actually, let, may I say this, Michael? Yes. Actually, if, if I'm a hotel owner and I hear this, interview would it be inappropriate for me to call you and and ask a few questions not not at all so you have the time to do that absolutely okay yeah and and look i mean you guys are you know have your subsidiary of provincial right i mean is there any you know and i don't know if i butchered the pronunciation of that too but I just <laughs> well, well we, we call it provincial and we also have our it company called millennium and we've got almost a hundred other clients. And uh, in, in insurance, we have how many clients? About two hundred. About two hundred. And and with our IT company, we have probably uh, close to a hundred. And and we did that for ourselves. But word got out that Rosen is now doing some other crazy things. He's got insurance. So you and guys, he's IT. He's so really Meshugana. I love it. I love it. So, so the provincial, provincial, um, you know, organization is available to help other employers, you know, give them guidance, right. Yes, you know, that sort of thing. A absolutely. Of if, if anybody is out there and wants to kind of tap into what we've been doing for the last 30 years, we'll be glad to glad to help. Great. And, and where can they, where can somebody listening to this, where can they find more information? They can, they can go to Provensure.com or they can go to Rosencare.com. Does Millennium have a .com also? Yes, I believe Millennium <laughs> does. MillenniumTechnologyGroup.com. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Thank you, Ashley. I appreciate that. Gentlemen, uh, this has been great. Really appreciate the conversation. And, and on behalf of myself and my listeners, you know, want to thank you both for taking time out of your schedule uh, to join us today. It's been a great thank conversation. You so much, Thanks for having God, us, Michael. God, God bless All right. you, and, and to our listeners, uh, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Reconstructing Healthcare. And with that, we'll sign off wherever you're at. We hope you have a great day and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Reconstructing Healthcare. If you liked what you heard here, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. If you're interested in continuing the conversation, please visit us at www.reconstructinghealthcare.com where you can access the show notes for this episode and links to Provincial and Rosencare's website and contact information. Lastly, we welcome your feedback on the content we're bringing to you on the show. Let us know what you think with the review. It's super easy and takes five seconds. Just open up the podcast app on your phone, go to our show's page, scroll down to the bottom, and let us know what you think. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Reconstructing Healthcare Podcast.